Did anyone come hungry for God's word this morning? God's been speaking so profoundly all weekend and we're excited for he always saves the best for last. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you that eye has never seen, ear has never heard. It's never even entered the heart of humanity what you have prepared for us who love you. Spirit of God, we invite you into the building. Transform us, empower us. We thank you that you didn't simply come to make bad people good. You came to make dead people alive. And we pray you would call to life your eternal purpose over every single person gathered and watching in the name of Jesus and everybody said, amen and amen. Well, these last 15 or 16 months have been pretty, dare I say, unprecedented. It has been unbelievable to see what we in this nation and across the world have been walking through. And it seems like the, the, the recurring question in all of our hearts is what is going to happen next? Just when you think it might be over, it restarts again. And we, like so many, have been asking the question, what are all these different entities, all these different influences of society going to do next? What, what are our schools going to do next? What is the media going to do next? What is our governor going to do next? What might the economy do next? What might a new president do next? And we've literally been looking around us, trying to process all of these new events, and asking ourselves, what is going to happen next? Now, it's not illogical that we would do that because it has been a challenging season. I think if we were to be honest this morning, we could say there's been legitimate evil unleashed in the world. A virus that claimed millions of lives, social unrest, another divisive socioeconomic environment through our election cycle last year, there's been so many challenges facing the nation, facing the world. Psychologists say mental health issues are at an all-time high. There's been depression and anxiety and worry and so many things facing us. But how many people know the enemy never plays chess with God and wins? And although there's been a move that struck the world, God says it's my move now. And I believe as we step into this next chapter, God's calling his church, his kids to redirect their attention from all these different places to himself because he says, it's my move now. And I believe in Isaiah 43, 19, there are five announcements that God's make that carries prophetic significance for every single person in the building this morning, for every single person watching this morning. There are five statements that God makes in Isaiah 43, and these five statements are for his church right now. The first thing that God says is, for I am about to do something new. I know you've been looking at all these different areas of society and the nation, and you've been wondering what are they gonna do next, but God says, I, I want you to look at me, I want you to redirect your focus to me, because I am about to do something new. See, you and I serve a God who's not just doing the next thing, but doing the new thing. 
God doesn't just want to do what we've seen before, or experienced before, or lived through before. God says this next move, my move, is going to be totally and completely brand new. Israel was intended to step into the new, but they were fixated on the past. They were fixated on what was behind them. And God says, it's my nature to do new things. Even at the point of our salvation, the Bible says, God doesn't improve us, he makes us new. God doesn't just upgrade us, he makes us brand new. He doesn't repair us, he makes us new. New is what God does. Oftentimes when God's getting ready to prepare us for new, he'll begin to fill our hearts with a picture of our future. He'll begin to give us a glimpse of what he's taking us into next. It's how he operated with Abraham. One dark night he awoke Abraham and said, Abraham, look up at the sky. How many stars are there? And Abraham said, God, I can't even count. He said, that's how many descendants you'll have. They'll outnumber even the stars in the sky. Then one morning he woke up Abraham and said, Abraham, come to the, to the coastline here. How many grains of sand are there on the beach? And Abraham said, God, I can't even count the grains of sand. He said, your descendants will be more innumerable than even the grains of sand. What was God doing? God knows we're visual beings and our life will always move in the direction of the most dominant image in front of us. And so God was giving Abraham a glimpse, a picture of his future. I remember getting a hold of this idea as a college student across the street and knowing that God was calling me to outreach ministry, to even put people in stadiums that wouldn't know Christ to experience the love of God. And I told my, my roommate, I, I said, I know you've got a, a printer, I've got a laptop, would you print these pictures out? And he print out these pictures of stadiums that I was able to put on my wall. And every night before I went to bed, I saw a picture of my future. Every morning when I woke up, I was getting a glimpse of my future. Because our life moves in the direction of the most dominant images in front of us and in our hearts. I didn't know when I was plastering those pictures on my walls that five years after graduating, I'd sit in the office of the president of Honduras and say, Mr. President, I know the nation's in pain. Unemployment's over 40%. They're calling this the world's murder capital. It's the highest homicide rate per capita than any other nation outside of a war zone. But do you know there's a scripture in the Bible, Isaiah 66, 8, where the prophet asks the question, can a nation be saved in one day? And I said, Mr. President, what if in small part Isaiah was speaking to this moment? What if all of Honduras could be healed, could be changed, even saved in one day? So we have a vision called One Nation, One Day, but we'll only proceed if you agree to these things. Number one, stand with me on Saturday, July 20, 2013. Together from the nation's capital, we'll speak to the country. Number two, pass legislation through your Congress calling One Nation, One Day an official national holiday. Number three, open up every public high school in the country. Allow our missions teams to come do a one-hour school-wide assembly with an altar call. Number four, Open up the ports and borders. Allow our missions teams to bring in humanitarian aid without any taxes or hangups at the borders. And number five, give us the 18 largest stadiums in the capital cities of all 18 states for free. Now, we didn't know what the president was going to do, but he signed a resolution committing to it. And six months later, the bill passed unanimously. And one nation one day became law. 
throughout that week, a million people were reached. The One Nation, One Day miracle happened again in 2015 in the Dominican, 2017 in Nicaragua, 2019 in Peru. And in just those four campaigns, 64 stadiums were filled with people encountering the love of God and the power of the gospel. But it started on a little image on my dorm room wall. I'm wondering, as God prepares you for what's next, what image needs to go on your bathroom mirror, on the dashboard of your car? What image needs to be at your desk at work? What needs to be in front of you? Because God says, what I'm about to do in your life and through your life can't compare to what you've lived through or experienced before. God says, in this new move, I'm releasing new grace. I'm releasing new authority. I'm releasing new anointing. I'm releasing new resources. I'm releasing new promotion. I'm releasing new influence. He's saying, I, I, it's my move now. I am about to do something brand new. When it comes to the promises of God, sometimes we're conditioned to get in position and wait. You could wait for God's answer to come for a year or or a decade or even a generation. But God says as it relates to the new thing, number two, see I've already begun. The great news is you don't have to wait. He says, see I'm about to do something new. I've actually already begun. As you look back on these last 16 months, you can see how he's already begun to reposition and recalibrate you. You can see how his fingerprints were on your journey, how he insulated you and repositioned you. You can sense the stirring in your spirit for not just the next thing, but the new thing. And here's the great news this morning. The very fact that God started something is the only evidence you need he's gonna finish something. Because it is his nature, it is his character. He never starts something without simultaneously committing to complete it. That's why Paul would say to the church in Philippi, being confident in this, that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. Aren't you glad your God doesn't just finish, but he starts what he finishes. He doesn't just start, but he finishes what he starts. I'll never forget that very first One Nation one day. We had Pastor Tommy Barnett, a pastor on the West Coast, come and speak in the pastor's event in Honduras. And he rearranged his flights to stay through to the weekend. He was on the platform there with the president experiencing the stadium outreach in the Olympic Stadium. And afterwards, he said, Dominic, I want you to come to Los Angeles and see what me and my son co-founded called the Los Angeles Dream Center. And I preached that Thursday night at Angeles Temple and toured the Dream Center. And that night, we're out to dinner. And Pastor Tommy looks across the table and said, I have to be honest, the real reason we brought you here wasn't to simply speak on a Thursday night. He said, for six months, I haven't been able to shake the thought What if you could do a one nation, one day scale outreach here in the city of Los Angeles? Now I thought my main uh, call I, I always felt was to developing nations, but I also know when a spiritual father, when a general speaks to you in spirit, you don't respond in logic. So I thought, this is, this is profound. We held it in our heart. Little did we know, three years later, we'd re- relocate our global headquarters from Michigan to Southern California, and this conversation would reemerge and continue to emerge till finally, 
we began to declare in 2020, one nation one day will become one day LA. And we were so excited. Pastor Craig Rochelle partnered with us to launch it to the city. We had 500 pastors gather in downtown Los Angeles. Many said there had not been this diversity and representation of leaders coming together in 20 years. The momentum was so profound, but then 12 days after it, there was a declaration of national emergency from the president. Weeks after that, it became clear there would be no possibility to execute One Day LA in 2020. Mass gatherings were banned and the pandemic was breaking out and so many of the, on the team said, Dominic, did we really hear from God? Here we were running towards this thing and it's impossible to do now. And through the whole journey, I heard the Holy Spirit saying, Dominic, see, I've already begun. The very fact that I started it is all the evidence you need. I'm going to finish it. Hold on to what I started. Recognize the beginning. Recognize the foundation. And so in, this, in the time change, in the delay, we were able to launch all these new initiatives like we were able to abolish $25 million in medical debt for 20,000 families in LA County living no more than twice the poverty line. We recognized they had the most overburdened foster system in America and we were able to bring 2,200 families to the county that would help foster or adopt LA's most vulnerable children. We were able to launch a Hope Community, which is a church campus in all 35 state prisons across the state of California. We were able to init initiate all these initiatives and then the time came, July of this year, where we were able to have not 1,000 missionaries, not 5,000 missionaries, not 10,000, but 20,000 missionaries and volunteers unite to serve Los Angeles across July of this summer. And then gather in the brand new SoFi Stadium and partner with some of the most influential voices in the world to amplify the message so that not thousands, but millions would be reached in one time. God says, what I start, I finish. I wonder what he's already begun to plant in your heart. I wonder what thoughts, ideas, passions. I wonder as you look back on this chapter, the seeds of direction he began to plant. God says the very fact that seed is there is all the evidence you need. I'm going to finish it. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it is the third announcement he makes. Do you know the most frequent saying of Jesus in the Gospels was to him who has ears, let him hear. Of all the things that Jesus could repeat, more times than anything else, he says to him who has ears, let him hear. And here the prophet begins to declare the new thing, begins to declare that he's already begun, and then he stops in the middle and says, do you not see it? Apparently, we don't just automatically perceive what God is doing. We don't just automatically hear it or see it or comprehend it. So Jesus and Isaiah the prophet has to call our attention, has to heighten our awareness, has to calibrate our spirits to make sure we don't miss what heaven is doing. Do you ever get a brand new car and 
you're pretty pumped about it. I mean, you just got the car that you've not, you know, you don't think many people have the color car you got, the year, the model. You think to yourself, this is a unique vehicle. But then the next morning, you start the car and you head to work and you think you just may have become a social media influencer because everybody is driving your car. You pull into campus and you look in the parking lot and that car is everywhere. And then that whole next week, I mean, every time you're on the highway, another, the exact same model is is whipping past you and you're thinking to yourself, this car is everywhere. The fact of the matter is those cars were always there, you just never saw it. Psychologists call this the frequency illusion. I know you just finished your series on mind games or the beta-mena phenomenon. What it, what it says is that your, your brains are processing 11 million bits of information per second. So our brains literally have to be extremely judicious in filtering out so much information. Some of you are like, my brain does not filter out so much information. In the course of this message, I've looked at the corner of that screen and what that person's wearing, and I've looked at the piece of paper on the floor, and my ADD people make some noise in the building. And our brains are literally filtering so much out. But what happened is you bought that car, and so your subconscious alerted your brain, look for it. And God says, as it relates to the new thing, deep in your spirit, in your subconscious, in your mind, I want you to be so convinced of the new, then all of a sudden, that's all you will see. You'll see the open door. You'll see the promise fulfilled. You'll see that divine relationship. You'll see that, uh, that opportunity. You'll see that breakthrough. You know the reverse is true? Some people right now, even God's people, are so inundated in the latest conspiracy, whether true or not, they're so consumed with the clickbait news media. They're so utterly and completely convinced we're all gonna die, it's gonna be horrible, it's gonna be bad, it's gonna be the worst ever, and then they open their eyes, that's all they see is challenge, trial, difficulty, sadness, grief. But God says in this season, it's my move now. He says, it's my move, and I want you to be so convinced that I'm doing something new, that that's all you see. I want you to see my promises. I want you to see my protection. I want you to see my provision. I want you to see my promotion. I want you to see my faithfulness. I want you to see my hand at work, because church, it's my move. God says, see, I'm about to do something new. I've already begun. Do you not see it? And the fourth announcement God makes, he says, I will make a roadway in the wilderness. About 11 years ago, we took 100 missionaries on the Amazon River and we boarded this massive boat in Iquitos, the city where the Amazon feeds into and This was a unique boat because there were no walls. There were just two floors, and attached to each ceiling were about 100 hammocks on each floor. And so literally, our missionaries slept on these hammocks at night. We went village to village. On the top level, about 100 Peruvian pastors and leaders, they slept on the top level. We would literally go community to community. I'll never forget day four or five as we got into the absolute density of the Amazon jungle. 
I remember getting off the boat thinking to myself, it would be so tough to just go a mile. I mean, I, I, I imagine stepping into this thick, dense jungle with a machete trying to clear a path, and then all of a sudden, there's a four-lane highway. And God says, as it relates to this new season, I know you're, you're, you're naturally thinking, I have to grind, I have to push, I have to strive, but God says, let me announce something to my kids. I am making a roadway in the wilderness. Now, this would be so special for God's people because it's a direct allusion to the splitting of the Red Sea. And what Isaiah was saying to that original audience, he was saying, guys, the same God who splits the Red Sea makes a roadway for you. How many people are thankful that we still serve a God who splits Red Seas? We still serve a God who does impossible things. We still serve a God that wants to show up and show off and do what only he can do. I think today it's appropriate we celebrate the ability of our God. Church isn't just about coming together to celebrate each other, it's really about coming together to celebrate him. And I know it's easy to celebrate God on the other side of the split river, but sometimes we need to celebrate God before we walk through. Sometimes we need to celebrate his ability, his power, his capacity before he does the miracle. Does anybody believe that your God still splits red seas? Man, it takes little faith to celebrate on the other side. But I just wonder one more time, does anybody believe your God can still split that Red Sea in front of you, can still create that roadway in the wilderness, can still break it open when nobody thought he could? If you believe it, make some noise this morning, celebrate this morning, shout this morning, lift up his name this morning. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, you're still the God who makes roadways in the wilderness. What's the roadway in the wilderness? It's ease where there should have been struggle. What's the roadway in the wilderness? It's acceleration where it should have been slow. And as the trials and adversities and challenge heats up all around us, God says, for my people, it's roadways, it's favor, it's provision, it's acceleration, it's movement, it's taking territory, it's expansion. I believe just as victory as a church took territory in the season of crisis with buildings built in and growth in the school and growth in the church, God says over your life, I am making a roadway in the wilderness for you. Jesus warned us in the end there would be shaking, there would be pain, there would be hopelessness, there would be confusion. But he said in the middle of all of it, this is what you get to do. You get to have peace that passes understanding. You get to be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. You get to have hope, biblical hope, not empty hope. Hope that is so overflowing you don't know what to do with yourself. There's gonna be darkness, but you get to be light. There's going to be, there's going to be fear, but you get to be overcome with faith. There's gonna be intimidation, but you get to walk in authority and confidence. There's gonna be shaking, but church, you get to be unshakable. 
how many people are thankful that God didn't test us with this season, he trusted us with this season. Of all the moments in history that we could be alive, God said, I don't want them here in the 1800s, I don't want them here in the 1500s, I need them on the planet in 2021 because this is the group that's gonna lead through the crisis. This is the group that's gonna be a shining city on a hill that cannot be hidden. How many people are ready for the new move? For the new move. I want you to hear the prophetic announcement from heaven this morning. God says, I'm gonna do a new thing. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'm making a roadway in the wilderness in the fifth and final announcement. He says, I will create rivers in the desert. Some people have looked around and thought, it can't happen now, look at what's happening. Never find that wife, I'll never find that husband, I'll never get that job, I'll never launch that business, I'll never start that ministry because look what's happening. But our God says, I make rivers in the desert, Isaac sows in famine, and in the same year reaps a hundredfold. God says, when he says, I make rivers in the desert, Effectively, I will do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, because I'm God. Why don't you just celebrate him one more time this morning? Why don't you just thank him one more time this morning? Why don't you just worship him one more time this morning? Lord, we worship you, we praise you, we celebrate your ability, we celebrate your faithfulness, we celebrate your power. Oh man, aren't you glad you're on his team? Aren't you glad you're on the Lord's side? Aren't you glad that if he is for us, what can be against us? Paul's in prison and they're, they're panicking. The apostles incarcerated. Our pastor is bound. And Paul would write in that environment and say to the church, do not worry about my chains. Because while I'm in this prison, the gospel's actually been multiplying. See, God says, I'm the God who brings rivers in the desert. That means your marriage can be in its best place ever in this season. That means your business can thrive and prosper. That means your ministry can explode in this season. That means your children can find their purpose in this season. That means your grandchildren can encounter God in this season. That means that God could do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants to do it. Because God makes rivers even in desert places. Scripture says that he's the God who gives life to the dead and even calls things that are not as though they were. I wonder in this season while the world is shaking what God's declaring over your life. I believe he's declaring life over your finances. I believe he's declaring life over your children. I believe he's declaring life over your relationships. I believe he's declaring life over the work of your hands. I believe he's declaring life over your children's children and your generations and your legacy. I believe he's declaring life over your health. I believe God, the one who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were, is declaring life over every dry place in your life. He's declaring fruitfulness in every area. God says there's been a lot that's happened, but 
It's my move now. I want you, church, to please redirect your focus to me because I'm about to do something new. I've already begun. See it. I will make a roadway in the wilderness and bring rivers in the desert. Would you stand to your feet all across the building? As you're standing to your feet, even now the Holy Spirit is gonna begin to give you pictures and glimpses of what's next. Spirit of the living God, settle into this place. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of God, powerful Holy Spirit, begin to do what you promised. Show us things to come. Jesus said, and when I go, I will not leave you alone, but I will send my spirit. He will be with you, even in you, and he will show you things to come. Father, show us your purposes. Reveal your secrets. Would you lift your hands with me all across the room this morning? Even you watching at home, just lift your hands. I will make a roadway in the wilderness. Some of you are standing against an impossibility. I want you to hear this promise. I will make a roadway in the wilderness. Some of you are standing against an utter and complete dead end. And God says, I will bring rivers in the dry place. Oh, just give them the tiniest amount of faith this morning. You don't need big faith. You don't need the faith of Abraham. Jesus said a mustard seed is enough of authentic childlike trust. He can work with that. Just give him a redirected focus. That's all you can do this morning. But you look to him right now. There's miracles. God wants to do a miracle in your life. God wants to do a miracle in your life. Lord, I pray that you would mark this season, the second half of 2021, with the greatest demonstration of your power that we've ever known in our life. You still split Red Seas. Pray this with me, church. Say, Lord Jesus, we position our hearts not just for what's next, but for what's new. What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind imagined. Now sit in his presence for a moment. He's going to begin to speak. He's going to begin to show you things to come.
talking to young people this morning. He's talking to young people. He's talking to 20-somethings this morning. You get so arrested with the reality of your purpose. You get so consumed. You should live with razor-sharp clarity. It is your inheritance to know things to come. He said, on my sons, my young men, I'll give visions. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. And the first group he talks about is not the elders, it's the young people. And my, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. And on my young people, they'll prophesy and I'll give visions. There's 18-year-olds getting a vision right now. There's 22-year-olds getting a vision for your life right now. There's 26-year-olds wandering and wandering. God says, I want to give you clarity. I want to give you a picture of your promised destination. Father, I pray for extreme clarity in Jesus' name. Razor-sharp vision in Jesus' name. I'm talking about walking with a tangible knowledge of your divine call, knowing why you're on the planet, stewarding the weight of your eternal purpose. Father, let the reality of your call, let the reality of your purpose, let the grandeur of your plan consume every young heart in the building in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, shake our spirits with the reality of your purpose in the Jesus, for those called into ministry, let the burden of your heart become the burden of our heart in Jesus' name. Let us feel your passion. Let us feel your urgency. Let us feel the prophetic significance of this time. Lord, everyone called into ministry, pierce their heart right now in Jesus' name. Let those tears flow because those tears become your ministry, because those tears become your purpose. Oh, let the weight of your call, let the weight of your call, let the weight of your call, let the weight of your call fall heavy on every heart. Young men will see visions in my old will dream dreams, let the elders dream. Let the elders dream, let the, let the elders dream again. Let the elders see again. Let the elders say, give me that mountain like Caleb. Lord, let the elders say, I'm not quitting, I'm not retiring, I'm not drawing back, but I'm leaning forward. Let the elders believe again and release faith again and take territory again. Oh Lord, let this church model generational unity and generational alignment and generational harmony. Let this church model the strength of the young and the wisdom of the elder coming into divine alignment. Man, if, you, if you're just like, I just know God's called me to the ministry. I know he's called me to change the world. I know he's called me to do something significant. And you want, to, you want to seize this moment, I, I feel to invite you to the front right now. And I, I do believe the Spirit of God wants to do something in hearts. If that's you, I'm going to open this altar quickly. We're not going to take a long time, so seize the moment right now. If that's you and you feel the weight of God's call stirring in your spirit and your mind, come close to the front. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you're marking people, even for full-time ministry, you're marking people purpose 
and call and destiny. forward you walk into your purpose as you walk forward you walk into your calling as you walk forward you seize your purpose as you walk forward you lay hold of his promise as you walk forward you redirect your family tree and legacy into the blessing of God Stretch your hands towards heaven. Stretch your hands towards heaven. Spirit of the living God, I thank you. Spirit of the living God, that today, that today, September 2021 is a marking day. Today, right now, September 21, you're, you're edging in the history of their life. You're etching into their private history is the day you reaffirm the divine call. The enemy whispered and said, it's not for you, it's not real. Spirit of God, I pray that you cause their heart to quake. You cause their spirit to shake under the reality of your holy calling before the foundations of the earth that you set in motion before you ever breathe the stars into existence or, or this world into existence. You set in motion their eternal purpose. So Spirit of God, affirm the divine call. Clarify, clarify. I pray for precision. I pray for clarity of vision. I pray for laser focus at 18, at 19, at 20, at 21, at 22. Let the reality of your purpose be crystal clear in the name of Jesus. Refine and clarify vision in the name of Jesus. Keep your hands lifted and just receive, just receive. The Holy Spirit's clarifying, the Holy Spirit's crystallizing, the Holy Spirit's fortifying the weight of your call, the weight of your call, the weight of your call. I'm telling you, our grandparents and parents steward moves of God, but what you're carrying, the world has never seen, but what you're carrying, humanity has never experienced. What you're carrying will shake cities and nations. What you're carrying will move a culture. What you're carrying will rewrite futures. What you're carrying will bring restoration. Lean in, lean in, lean in. We'll see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets.
time, let's sing that chorus. The wonder-working God, all the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God, and you heal because you I believe the specific anointing that God is releasing, in addition to clarifying vision and purpose, is an anointing to pioneer, an anointing to innovate, an anointing dis to disrupt the status quo. Lord, I thank you that there are innovators and pioneers at this altar. There are people who will release from heaven something that no eye has seen or ear has heard. This is a group that will not copy and paste. This is a group that will not replicate what has been seen, but this is a group that will release what has never been seen, what has never been done, that you'll bring into industry and you'll bring into ministry and you'll bring into culture. And Lord, they will disrupt, they will pioneer, they will bring the new, the new, the new the new, the new. Father, I pray that you anoint us with new thoughts, anoint us with new ideas, anoint us with things that the world has no reference point for, anoint us with things and abilities that are, have never been seen in our families before. Father, I thank you for first-time successful business owners and first-time senior pastors and first-time educators and first-time authors and first-time music publishers. Father, I thank you for the new, the new, the new, the new, the new, the new, the new. Father, let them do the new thing that you want to bring to the earth. In Jesus' name, if you believe it this morning, will you celebrate? If you believe it this morning, will you agree? If you believe it this morning, will you receive it? If you believe it, will you lay hold of it? If you believe it, will you claim it as yours? Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God, we thank you. We thank you. Quickly before we close this morning, it was important to Pastor Paul that we don't dismiss without affording every person in the room and every person watching the opportunity to get their heart right with God. And if you came into church this morning and you couldn't say with absolute assurance your sins are forgiven, you're on your way to heaven, the Bible says you could have confidence of eternal life. You could know that when you die, you'll spend eternity with him. And if you say, man, Dominic, I used to walk with God, I've walked away. Or you say, to be completely honest, I know Jesus lived, I know he died, but I've never internalized and personalized his work. I've never said, Jesus, be my savior, be my supreme authority, my Lord. And if that's you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Dominic, I don't wanna leave church, without knowing my sins are forgiven, without turning from leader, leading my own life and giving the leadership of my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you lift your hand and say, include me in that prayer and put it back down. I'm gonna pray in just a moment. If you say, I wanna make sure my sins are forgiven, I'm right with God, just slip your hand up and put it back down all across the room and we'll include you in that prayer. God bless you. If that's you, just slip your hand up, put it back down. I wanna make sure my sins are forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. 
would you guys all just pray with these who have lifted their hands and you who lifted your hands, say this from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to the earth and dying so that I don't have to die. I turn from my sins and I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Today forward, my life is yours totally and completely in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Come on, can we give it up for Pastor Dominic this morning? Thank you so much for coming and pouring into this house. And just before we wrap up, two things. One, if that prayer that you just prayed was the maybe the first time you've prayed that prayer or you prayed that and you said, man, I want to come back into a relationship with God. We would love to know that. We have some of our altar workers and team pastors down here and find one of them. Let them know that you just prayed that prayer. We want to talk through what those next steps look like and get you plugged in here. And for those of you that came down, I really feel that Pastor Dominic was operating in the prophetic as he was speaking over you, over ministries that are going to get started, innovative ideas, creative ways to push industries forward. And I believe in moments like this, it's important to write down a marked moment a moment that you had right here with God, with the Holy Spirit speaking and imparting into you. So my encouragement to you is if you're watching online or you're down here and you received that, write it down. Journal this today, this day, this morning, what God did and watch as God will finish what he started just as Pastor Dominic said that. Do you believe that? Come on.